0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Well, hello once again, Adopted Rally friends, and welcome back to Spin the Rally Pod. Uh, The more perceptive among people have noticed it. it's not Lisa introducing this one, it's me, Colin Clark, the gob of rally. I know Lisa calls me the voice of rally, but uh, perhaps the gob of rally is a little more accurate. Uh, But Lisa's not with us today. She's doing fantastic work out at the Winter Olympics in Beijing. But as always, George Donaldson is with us. George, good morning.
2: Good morning, Colin. We can tell it's extra early this morning. You do sound that little bit tired, Colin. Your voice reveals it, as probably mine does as well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, you sound remarkably well, George. You really do. What about you, David Evans? Lovely to have you as always with us. How are you feeling this morning? Fabulous,
0: as always. Really? Well, uh, definitely. Really? A, the, uh, always, always. There is a, <laughs> it's the start of a new week, Col. It's a new opportunity. Uh, but it it, it, the, the biggest feeling right now, though, is that the, the headmistress is, is away. Uh, right. And it's that moment in school where actually you might get away with something that you probably wouldn't have done last week. Well, That's you're same. not going to David because I, I,
1: I, I, I. Now, listen, boys. I'm setting some some guidelines here. Yeah. Now, <laughs> no. No running in the corridors. <laughs> exactly. But because she's not here, you have to listen to me. I know it's hard, right. boys, but you have to listen to me. I'm assuming control. That's dangerous, isn't it? It. It is.
2: It is.
0: It is. <laughs> it is. It is. But equally, I was always afraid of my uh, head teacher. Always. Really? Parti- well, particularly, I'm just going to tell you one quick story about. Uh, Mr. Owen in primary school. He used to, we used to have three, the number three on all of the doors to show that you couldn't we couldn't run. He could only walk at three miles per hour. Uh, and when he used to come in through the door from his from his from his office, he would walk in and he would hold his hands out. It's a bit like Hogwarts, and he would say, "I can see movement on the sea," and that would mean that somebody was moving, and that the, the children we were all sat on our <laughs> on the floor, and if people were just gently moving, I can see movement. Honestly, let there be calm and wow. everybody would sit still. So sit still and let's go. Has that scarred you for life, David? I suspect it has. I, well, I, yeah, I, uh, no, I think it, it sort of set the standard for life,
2: really. There's, there's, <laughs> it,
0: it's calm. Water, I hated calm.
2: my primary school, David. <laughs> I enjoyed secondary school, I have to say, but, but, did you? I hated you? primary, I hated primary school, really. Hated Josh, it. I, I, yeah. I,
1: I had a wonderful teacher at primary school who used to take me to football matches, to soccer matches.
2: I had one, I had one good, I had one good teacher. I had one good teacher, yeah, Miss Seaton, I remember.
1: Her. Yeah. yeah, well, there's always one, isn't there? Well, Missus Dunsmuir was great, and her yeah. daughter um, was uh, was going out with the Dundee goalkeeper, so she used to get free tickets, and she used to take me and my mate along to the football matches. It was great fun. Wonderful teacher she was. There wow. we go. Think she's listening now? Well, unless there's a heavenly link. To- uh, in yeah, the right. rally pods, no, I don't think so, David. <laughs> <Yep. Good laughs> poor point. old Mrs Dansby. She was the most magnificent teacher. Guys, let, let let's move on, shall we? Let's move on mm. to talk about rallying, David. You you put together our um our itinerary this week. What do you want to kick off with,
0: David? I think we have to kick off with uh, with with uh, And okay, we are going to go over some old ground here that uh, that we covered a little bit in an underground car park, and George covered in great depth. <laughs> Uh, I did.
2: Last, I did several week. podcasts last week, and they got savaged by Lisa, <laughs> who's not here. I can say it. She'll savage me now. She'll savage me now um, from China. But my goodness.
0: And and one thing that we are hoping to bring you later in the week uh, is is another podcast uh, where we we were allowed behind closed doors, really, in, into M Sport to listen to Tim um, Malcolm Wilson and Tim Jackson and Rich Milner, all of these influential figures. They, they gathered all of the troops together in the factory at Devonby Hall and just talked about what they'd achieved um it was I think the same day that the cars arrived back from from Mon- from Monaco uh, and incredibly emotional scenes uh you know this this team has has set its stall out in the finest possible fashion um, so hopefully we're going to bring you that audio later in the week providing we can uh we can get least to, to to work on it while she's out in China Um but yeah, I mean, just it's just that, isn't it? What a fantastic start uh, for for M Sport, yeah. and
1: it it is incredible, David, because you know they did sacrifice so much, and and um, you know, a point I made, I did a little kitchen table last week, and a point I made was that you know last year was hard for them, and there's there's no question about that, and and you know there were an awful lot of people there who who worked ridiculously long hours, who committed so much to this new project, and who sacrificed so much, you know, to make sure that they put everything into it. And, Mm. and, you know, there are no guarantees, are there? There are no guarantees. Um, But no one complained last year, and I I really did have to think about it. And I I thought, you never heard anyone at M Sport whinging. You never heard the drivers complaining. Well, in in, in all honesty,
0: Cole, you did, didn't you? Because, you know, there were some drivers... Damusun and complained quite regularly oh, yeah. Su- about. Sunan. Su- All right, listen I'm, I'm 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 I'm
1: I'm I'm not including Sunanen, You're quite right. Sunanen did complain a bit, but the other drivers didn't really. They didn't. You know, they just got on with it and accepted that that was the lot and that was where they were at and that they were just looking forward to better times and you know that that puts a lot of faith in the guys that are working on
0: that new car. It absolutely did. Um and, and equally, you could perhaps understand Sunanen's perspective on it because he was at a different point in his career where yeah. he knew that he needed to be moving forward. Uh, whereas Formo and, and Greensmith perhaps knew that the future was there um, in terms of this year. But, but yeah, it it, it it absolutely they they sacrificed a huge amount uh, and mm-hmm. right down to stuff like regular testing. They didn't do many pre. They didn't do certainly they didn't do. A pre-event test for every european round um which is a big thing you know to have drivers going into an event and going to shakedown and looking to set their car up for the for the rally ahead was was a was a big deal but it absolutely paid off and and once again you've got to say rich milner did a fantastic job as team principal but malcolm wilson as managing director of M Sport, he once again put absolutely everything on the line um and and came up with with the right numbers again Um, it's also fair to say that we should give a considerable amount of credit to Sebastian Lowe uh, who came back after not competing in Monty the year before, came straight in from Dakar uh, and did an incredible job on uh, unfortunately I didn't get any audio but I caught up with Sebastian on Friday for uh, a a good catch up Uh, and it was incredible now, we spoke for about half an hour or so just to, to talk about what he'd achieved um, and what it actually meant to him. And as is always the case with Loeb, he kind of got the feeling that he couldn't really work out what all the fuss was about. Um, <laughs> and, and he said again, you know, Dakar is not... If you have a good Dakar, uh, you can be in really good shape because you're back at the bivouac at sort of 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And he said he was going to bed at 8, 9 o'clock at, at, at night. So it wasn't a huge stress for him. Uh, no, and he, and he but- said he wanted to come back and, and i think what was key to him was that sunday test uh which was obviously landed back into geneva on a saturday uh helied himself over on the sunday morning to the test and did a, a day in the car and he said that was really important just to get acclimatized um and to sort of reconfigure his driving um Absolutely. into into a, a rally one car out of a dakar car but that that's the thing isn't it a lot of folks saying oh you know they were kind of countering
1: the, you know, the, 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 not the claim, but the, the reality that Loeb hadn't been in a top-level rally car for quite some time. They were countering that by saying, well, look, he's done Dakar. He's doing mm. Extreme E. I, you know, they're really not comparable. You know, Dakar is, you watch the Dakar, you look at the speeds in Dakar, you look at the, the strategy involved in Dakar, and yes, it's seat time. Yes, it's competitive seat mm. time. But you then put them onto the tarmac in Monte Carlo, and you look at the difference, and it's phenomenal. It's you know, short That Dakar is long, arduous, you know, as I say, strategic rally. Where, you know, the Monte Carlo was a short burst of intense speed, intense concentration, intense ability. And for, for me, yes, clearly, clearly it helps to be in any sort of car. But it helps to be in my blooming 10-year-old sab, I
0: suppose, you know, just bottling around the streets of stoke on trent but um, I th- it, I, the the I thing that he I'm said, well, sure. just to jump in there, the th- and I'll I'll shut up now. Uh, he, Seb said he was awake, and that was the difference. Uh, you know, he came into the year wide awake, uh, yeah. or came into Monty wide awake, and and that it does make a difference, doesn't it? Because essentially, you know, you look at the competitive distance he did in Dakar. You know, he's probably halfway through a WRC season or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that was that was his take. Yeah. Now I'll be quiet. Yeah. Well, Georgie, what's your
1: take on that? you know, in you know, in Loeb in terms of his preparedness for for the event and the events perhaps that he'd done preparing him for this year?
2: Uh well quite clearly, I mean it's not much to debate in one way, because quite clearly Dakar was great preparation for him. I mean it quite clearly worked. Right. He was he was hot as he needed to be, he was prepared as he needed to be. Uh, I would have thought the hardest thing switching uh, across is the is just the 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 mental approach the different mental approach, but for seb you know i mean rally was his home for so many years um and he's never stopped driving i mean he's 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 been driving lots of different things um he's stayed sharp. the feeling is as a driver that you never really lose it and 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 I would actually tend to say thats. That's categorically true. The reason that drivers slow down is because they're not willing to take those risks or they're not comfortable pushing themselves into that very uncomfortable place. I mean, you know, driving a car, basically very enjoyable. Driving a rally car, you only need to look at some of the footage that we saw from Monty. Driving a car in those conditions, not comfortable uh, at any point. Mm. He feels no discomfort there whatsoever. He's just. He's just as as ready as he's ever been. He's not. He's not. He's not. Uh, he never really saw the risks that maybe other drivers no. saw. Somehow he just. It, 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 there was nothing to change for him. So, no, don't change. His ability is not slowing mm. down. His eyesight's still good. His reactions. Well, honestly speaking, in rally, if your reactions slow down a little bit, that's what you learn when you, you first start to drive rally cars. You're busy reacting to everything. Finally, uh, as you get better and better, you're, you're actually just absorbing a lot and you're only reacting mm. to the things you need to react to. Um, so almost uh, you would almost say that uh, when your reaction slow down, it, it, as long as as long as your perceptions haven't haven't slowed down, um, th- there's not a big uh, minus in that. And quite clearly, mm. that Ford was just fabulous to drive. It fitted it fitted Sebastian Loeb like a glove, and and that was it. Mm. Ha- End have of. you
1: seen have you seen that bit of footage? I posted a bit of footage last week, and it's out of a, a, a sequence of, of corners, fast corners, left and a right. Uh, couple of big cuts the car basically takes off on the right side so the, the right side of the car comes off the ground flat out and it's it's lobed through the sequence and it's it's exactly what you're saying he's just not afraid of it he's just mm-hmm. you know he's he's absolutely nailed and planted the car is skipping and jumping but he absolutely trusts what that car is going to do yeah. flat out you know between the trees and it, and it, it is a phenomenal uh-huh. a phenomenal once again you know uh really indictment of just how good a car
2: that is, that they can trust the car to come back onto the ground in a straight line. Yeah, I mean, it's the trust of the and- tyres, it's a trust of the conditions and understanding he, he trusted his gravel crew perfectly. He trusted yeah. his brand-new co-driver, first event they've ever done together. Yeah. He trusted her completely. But, OK, he's known her for a long time and, and, and they've worked together for a long time. But But most remarkable of all, apparently, he didn't adjust a single setting on the car <laughs> from, the, from the start of the rally to the finish, he just drove it. And, and you, know, you know, I'm always harping on about driver setup and, you know, they, they go along, the, the car's not handling right. Well, you're not changing the kinematics of the car from the beginning to the end of a rally. You know, the, that's in the design of the car. All you're doing is changing the things, that, the, the way you perceive it, do, it changes things, the rate at which it changes things. He didn't change a single thing. That is utterly bizarre and fantastic. And I knew a few drivers that could behave like that. Um, Marcus mm. Granholm, Juha Kankinen, they could behave like that. Didier Oriel, Didier Oriel would refused anything to be adjusted on the car. He didn't even when it got a bent, he didn't want it put back straight because it's fine. He could manage, you know. But when he was in the right mood, it was good. But with, with Sebastian like Didier, Lowe was another though, level.
0: It took it took Didier an awfully long time to get into that window, didn't it? Of where he was comfortable with the car, whereas. Perhaps someone like Grunholm and Lowe could drive around stuff.
2: Yeah, to, um, to be honest, I think with Diddy it was about the team um, more than anything else. Um, Diddy, Diddy was—you would almost say—it um, was difficult for Diddy to trust to trust people in the team. Somehow, it was—it was. I cool. don't know what it was. I don't, yeah, yeah, not not being unkind, or I mean, I—I I, mm. I, was—I—I I, I still rate Diddy just. Right up there with everyone, you know, just one and one of my favourite drivers to work with, but to get Diddy to trust us at times, he, you know, just trust us, uh, he, he he struggled with that. Um, he was very very sensitive, a very sensitive driver, a very sensitive man, mm. and it was difficult to get. But when you got his trust and when he felt at one with the car, unstoppable. But it was difficult to get yep. him into that place. Yeah. yeah, but if I
0: think what's important here to say, Col and. George, as well, is that you know we've talked a lot about Sebastian Loeb and his what he's brought to the M Sport team. But if you took Loeb out of it, out of that result, you've still got two Pumas in the top four, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. You, you, I mean, that for me, what Craig Breen achieved, and for sure what Gus Greensmith achieved, was was incredible, uh, and a, it must come as 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 real relief and inspiration for the M Sport team moving forward into yeah. the year to know um that, uh, that that was the most difficult rally of the year for Gray Breen, one that he hasn't done along for a long time okay it was a fairly benign Monty, but but still uh, his preparations we talked about Sebastian hopes breen's preparations were were hit by that crash uh, the week before the event so mm. and and we know breeny you know we know that it takes him that bit of time just to build up and and everything that he said beforehand that the crash wasn't going to impact on his performance mm. of course it would of course, it would. it would have a small effect. You know, yeah. you wouldn't be committing quite so hard to that first corner. Um, was, there was a lot, of, no question, David. There was a lot of pressure on Craig Breen. You know,
1: yeah. uh, that that was the most sought after seat, more or less. You were rallying for those who didn't mm. have contracts, wasn't it? That M Sport seat, and, and and Craig Breen wasn't necessarily the obvious choice. He really wasn't. Remember, we were talking about Andreas Mikkelsen. You know, a, what is he? a Three times winner in the WRC. Other drivers who were out there, even. Even Hayden Padden, you know, a previous winner in the WRC, there were a lot yeah. of guys who were in the running for that seat and it went to Breen and, you know, there was pressure on him. There really was pressure on him. But Breen has shown last six events, seven events, uh, incredible Four or five podiums. consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Incredible, incredible consistency. Podiums, I think, okay, you take out Croatia, which is, was his worst uh, event in the past seven and, and you know, picked up an early puncture. Anyone can pick up punctures on rallies, on tarmac rallies in particular. Um, you know, it's all been seconds, thirds, with the odd fourth thrown in there. He is remarkably consistent, and he delivered really what he had to deliver. And with the pressure that was on him, it was, it was a great performance, I think, from Craig Breen. But, but here's a question, Jen. Here's a question for you. Um, it was very difficult, isn't it, after one event, particularly one reasonably specialist event, as the Monte is. Uh, but, but you know, can we say after the Monte that the Puma is the fastest car out there? On the evidence of the Monte Carlo Rally, can we say that? Is it reasonable? Well, to Say that or, or, on the evidence.
2: On the evidence of it, you, you could absolutely yeah. say it. But but, uh, but but if 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 there's anything in it, it's an it's an absolute, you know, the finest of hair breadths from from the Toyota, yeah. which is clearly also just as good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think know. I think that you, know, you look you, know, you look at the well. fact
1: that the yeah. Elvin Evans was quick, Cali Roven built his pace where he was winning stages at the end of the rally, and clearly. Sebastian Ogier was really quick out there. Um, but you know what? They're better drivers. They're better drivers. I would even say are better prepared drivers than Sebastian Loeb. All three of them. All three of them. You know, but Loeb was able to get into that car and win stages and win the rally. You know, Gus Greensmith was able to get into that car and win a stage and be competitive. And probably on podium pace if you take out the engine, problem. there Formo in the first two stages looked decent. He then absolutely, you know, blotted his copybook clearly. And Breen looked good. So, I, you know, I, I think that, that M Sport car, I think it's reasonable to say perhaps it's the quickest car out there. But you're right, George. It's so, so fine between the two.
0: I, th- I think the big thing is that w- what you could say is that the M Sport car is the is the the most comfortable car. The most drivable. Most yep. drivable. Yeah, exactly. Yep, the car I that think feeds so. back the most confidence. I think um, so. Because... I think so. Yeah, for everything that you've just said there, Cole. But it, it, yeah. it is very, very fine margins with, with Toyota. What? Talking to Tom Fowler again, and, and he referred back to that first run over Sisteron where Elvin was, what was he? I mean, it was oh. knocking on the door of 12 seconds quicker than, than than Sebastian Loeb. I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. uh, but a huge chunk. Okay, he'd made a, a good choice of tyre over the, over the snow. Um, and as Tom said, you know, when he came into that corner, that long right handed that he didn't come out of, uh, or certainly not for 19 minutes, um, they were looking at being 1 2 with Elvin leading Ozier. Um, and as Tom said, would well, that have put a very different complex or a bit different face on the event? You, Actually, you can't talk that way. You can you know, I. I, you know, I, I you, no, I was just going to say, I, I don't think it would because, you know, there was still so much of the rally to come. You know, but, but, but David, David, when we start talking about those
1: things, I I, I I I try to avoid talking about those kind of situations where a driver has been blisteringly quick through mm. a stage and then puts it off because you know it tells you a very obvious story. You know, look at Sunninen in Monte Carlo last year through the opening stage. Oh, he was blisteringly quick. He could have been leading the rally by fifteen mm. or twenty seconds. Yeah, he was going too blimmin' fast, and he put it off. He put it off. I, I, you know, I, I think those are difficult, difficult situations to talk I think about, David. Sorry. That you
0: you can't really compare. Well, of course, you can compare, but comparing what Sunanen did last year with no. what Alfred did this year is, is is a little bit different, I think.
1: No, 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 no. I'm I'm just saying, I'm saying, David, when we start talking about, you know, a driver was 15 yeah, seconds up or 12 right. seconds up on a split, Absolutely. and he was going to lead the rally. Well, no, he wasn't because he never got to the finishing line. And and the argument, the the. the accusation is always going to be there was he driving too fast was he not looking after these tires was he not you know whatever
0: was he was he taking too many risks and um and actually col here's here's the answer the definitive answer to your question because after that very first no it wasn't actually going into the first round of course uh ogier and loeb were tied on time weren't they it was yeah. it was dead level so yeah. perhaps that is the finest indication of where the, the real power lies but, but, after, after but, round one they, But what you're saying about the car being drivable, David,
1: you know, what, what we saw on, 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 on the Cistron day on the Saturday was was the, the crossover tires coming into play, you know, the mixed studs and the mixed uh, soft, super softs, all the rest. And and it you know, what Loeb said was, you know, when that car was was balanced, when you had four of the same tires on that car, it was sensational. Yeah. You know, when when you slightly upset the balance, but for whatever reason and, and tires clearly and crossing over tires did that. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't, it was still very, very drivable, very, very fast, but it wasn't the, you know, the seriously, seriously drivable weapon that it was the day before. Can I say something, out, can
2: I say something outrageous, guys?
1: Go on, George, I love it, I love it at this I would, time in the morning.
2: You know, they're always talking about how, how we've got to represent, you know, the modern car and, and modern driving. Do you know, do you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty well illegal in every single country in the world to, to run with <laughs> different tyres on the same axle. And in in a lot of countries, it's it's illegal for the car to run with different tires front to rear. It's also incredibly unwise. I I understand fully the benefit of running crossover tires, uh, but it's it's not smart. It's not smart. It's not. There's no no situation it's smart. What it is, it's compensating for a ridiculous rule in WRC set about for all the right reasons, but it's a ridiculous rule. Limiting you imagine a Formula One race where they go out and they're not allowed to change to wet tires when it starts to rain. They just stop the race, you know. If it gets a little bit too warm, you know, and, and you're not allowed to change from, from super softs, you're just gonna stop the race because it's not not manageable. So we're putting rally cars across stages with unsuitable tires. I mean, you know, you've even talked about it. You know, the 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 fact that they used to do mid-stage tire changes uh, on on two-wheel mm-hmm. drive cars. Lancia did that. Toyota did it too. Actually, well, we were prepared to do. It. I can't remember that we ever did it, but we were prepared to do it because it, there was a benefit. Um, uh, but, but George, but, can was, I say something
0: similarly uh, yes. outrageous then? That you mm-hmm. you you're the one that's raised the wrc mirroring the the real world so in that case
2: uh, well i'm not saying i like it i like it or, or otherwise
0: no absolutely but so let's take that to the extreme and why don't we give them one tire for the event you know there is one tire that would have got them safely yeah. that's what Mosley wanted yeah, did not he? was well, it mostly david it, well exactly yeah that's that's he exactly real, real the world, david m- well, well, well okay
2: david why don't we just limit them to the speed limit then as well you know uh, in fact no, why, no, why, no. Do, why do we even get the guys no david <laughs> you've taken it too far nice try Nice no, try! Again. Absolutely, I'm just pushing straight back. I'm just pushing straight back. <laughs> utter, utter nonsense. We're trying to have a debate here, ding, and ding. put ding, rubbish ding, in with that. Ding, it's ding. fabulous. that. <laughs> fabulous. Monty is nonsense. the most extreme, George. Look, but what, what stream, I was going to suggest, if, if yeah. you take, Shush, but if you take, guys, if
0: you take guys, if, stop it. If stop,
1: stop, stop. You're talking over each other, George. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to let you finish it, but I'm now putting a little bit. Of, I'm 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 trying to I'm channeling my inner Lisa. Come on, boys, just indulge okay. me. For get a second. get on with it then,
2: Colin. Come on. <laughs> so, George, go ahead, George. Make your right, point succinctly. You. So, my my point would be is going out to watch Monte Carlo <laughs> when you you're watching the cars go over these stages with their crossover tires, it was crap. You, you watched you watch, um, for instance, uh, um, uh, Rovanpera. Over over sister on stage on the snow. It was fantastic. It was beautiful to watch them. Some of the R5 cars I watched Obviously on winter tires. Gorgeous to watch on the snow. It was fantastic But it was it, watching the guys on the crossover tires or the wrong tires In fact, you know even even those, you know, for instance, they were potentially quickest on, on some of the runs uh, unbelievably painful to watch um, uh Oh, o- Tanak's accident, you know, was presumably on crossover tyres, and no miles. They were all on. They were all. On cross, no, they
0: were all on yeah, cross I know. Power. I know
2: yeah. they were. Yeah, but but it's, it's why not? I mean, how how hard is it? How is how expensive is it? I and mean, we've only got a couple of choices of tyres. How difficult would it be to allow a tyre change before every stage? How, I, how difficult would it was, be? That, that was exactly. I'm not saying run any more than your. Yeah, just you know, how hard is it to have a tire fitting zone? It's not hard in the scheme of things, not hard at all. You're in there for literally three or four minutes. You know, you change the tires and that's it. Yeah, and, right. You know, so, and, and by and by response, the way, you're not David. allowed. You're not allowed to cross over. So there you go. So, your response,
0: David. So so we have two. We have one tire zone. Two choices essentially. Two batches of tires potentially. Per day, yeah, which is. No, no, no. That's fact uh-huh. right now. So you have twelve <laughs> tires per day, don't you? Because you can take six. I like um, the assertive of David Evans. do. So, I mean, go ahead. So, so, let's, so, so therefore, we're then saying that if, on two loops of three stages, you're then giving them six options. So then, that's potentially thirty-six tires. No, no, per but day. you can
2: change. You can change. You can take those tires off and you can put them back on. Nothing wrong with yeah. running second-hand tires. At, absolutely, George. Nobody. Nobody wants to get back to chase cars and changing no. tyres
0: after no. every stage more than no, I do. No, we're not. We're not. But we're not
2: talking. We're not talking that. We're just talking a little organised tyre choice. All right,
0: the the opportunity to have on, a, a premium tyre choice. Fine, uh, I absolutely agree. But it's just it's that to me is nonsense, George. We, you know, we are simply never going to have that. Uh, and to go back to the initial point, Monty is the most extreme. We have more choices. Well, of I'm not tires. suggesting it for choices, everyone. Hang on a sec, George. We have four yeah. choices of tires for for Monte. Go to Sweden. You could easily run the same tire from beginning to end if you have consistent yeah. conditions. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, well done, David. You've recognised that all the rallies are different and unique. You know. So I'm just saying for Monte Carlo. But the, let, but let's, the point let's is, let's George, you could
0: you could easily run the same tire throughout Monte Carlo. Of course you could. And you know, while while Max Mosley's point was made 15, 20 years ago, he was dead it's right. Relevant it's relevant yeah Yeah, because you know when i go out and it's and it's okay i we've got winter tires on on our cars now but i could easily you know drive through (laughs) through the summer and and, in on a winter tire it's not optimal but it's drivable how dare you suggest that max mosley
2: was right about anything to do with rally he was (laughs) the man the man was was a travesty he was an absolute travesty (laughs) for our sport he right, listen, listen, boys, can, I, was, can I Oh, George, now hang I on a second. Don't he add. did. <laughs> let's...
1: Let's, let's not be sidetracked by Mosley. Right. The only thing I want to add to this debate is, is the, the very first point that George made, which is that crossing tyres over in a lot of countries is illegal. Have we yeah. been doing something in rallying for years without giving it a second thought? It is, in fact, illegal. As, you know, in, in the UK, George, is it illegal? Because if it is, I am absolutely certain we've seen crossover tyres in the UK in the past on Rally GB in the past X number of years. Is it illegal, or is it is it just not yeah, recommended?
2: The, the legality around tyres and rally cars is quite difficult, Colin. Because unless the tyre actually says for road use only, it's not allowed to be used in Britain. Oof. Yeah, it's <laughs> anyway, on, on the road. That's obviously a is one. Let's move on. It's a bit of you know uh, academic yeah. nonsense, but actually that's the reality. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. David has provided us with an agenda. You know, we've we've talked about just how sensationally impressive M-Sport were and they were. There's no question M-Sport mm. were incredibly impressive. Um, you know, from the highs of M-Sport, you'd have to say they're almost mirrored by the lows of Hyundai. George, you know, you're a man that I'm sure has been in a situation like this before. Uh, you know, is it desperate? Is it is it redeemable? You know, will they be, you know, scratching, them? I'm sure they'll be scratching their heads, but you know, uh, how worried will they be at Hyundai about the performance of that car? And perhaps, perhaps about the, the feeling within the team, because it, it's a very, very disconnected team, as I see it. Uh,
2: yeah, I I didn't really get the, the view that you got, Colin, of course. Um, but on on the face of it, you know, the the, the, the drivers, they, they managed a couple of, sort of quite decent times, but... Uh, the 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 only comment I could make about the car because I've got no insights in it at all is first of all you've got to hope that there's nothing fundamentally wrong with that car and I'm absolutely categorically sure there's not. I have heard that uh, Christian lorio I think I must have heard from one of you in chatting to you that uh, Christian lorio didn't put as much of a stamp on that car as he wanted, but he will have made changes to it and he will have he will have um, brought it into the place where he believes. Uh, world rally car needs to be so. I'm sure kinematically it's sorted. It's probably just not joined together correctly yet. And for the and and they were late, so they they're behind on testing. They will iron it all out. I'm sure that they will iron out. I certainly hope that they do. Otherwise, they've got a pup for the whole year. Um, I tried to get a copy of the homologation regulations for. Uh, for world rally car now you can get article 262 which is a sort of technical regulation for wrc1 but you can't get the homologation regulations so I, so I just sent a note off to fia saying can i i don't have pri i used to have access to the private area i don't have access anymore so can, can you send me the 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 if the wrc technical regs uh, they're only for registered teams so Basically, you've got to, so if I haven't come along as a manufacturer, I've got to register as a team, first of all, for some vast amount of money, undoubtedly, um, and, and then they'll pass me the regulations. So now I can find out what I've got to do. I might choose at that point. I don't want to do it. Seemed a little bit um, backwards foremost, but then I thought about it and I thought, no, what they're doing is they're keeping these regs private between FIA and the three currently three registered teams. Because I suspect what they didn't want it to do was to be public. Because they will make changes to those regulations as required. They can just—they can literally just change them with a, with a Concord agreement between all four parties. They will change the regs to make them work. That's I think if, George, I'll tell, I it, think it, let let that's just what Yeah,
1: that's really interesting because that—that is what Adamo said to us last year. It would have to happen because of this—this mm. this, the uncertainty surrounding the—you the, know—the new drive well. train and the uh, the battery. Adamo said that. And then, OK, he's no longer there. But Eve uh, Maton completely contradicted that. He said the regulations are the regulations and they are set. They will not change as the year goes on. I, I, I suspect that, that you are correct and Adamo is correct. that Potentially, mm-hmm. potentially they may have to change them. And it, and it may be a, a, you know, a deal done behind closed doors. But is that a bad thing? I don't think no, it is. No, it's, I don't it's, think it's a good it thing. It's common sense. It. It is common sense. I think so as well. I think Matton's view was Maton's uh, view was unrealistic, in my uh, my opinion. Completely unrealistic. Yeah. You know, particularly with the, the stresses that were put on the teams with COVID and, and all the kind of mm-hmm. um, the problems we know that they had in the build up mm-hmm. to the start of the season. It was unrealistic to think that Regulation change wouldn't be necessary, and I, you know it'll be it'll be interesting, George. That's a very good point. Well, you'd,
2: you'd certainly you'd certainly want to keep the contingency, but maybe maybe as as FIA they didn't want to show uh, sort of weakness or lack of understanding. But I think flexibility is a good thing. Uh, it's a great thing, really. And uh, yeah. I think they could do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but but you wouldn't? Would would you? You know, George, we're talking about
1: Hyundai here. You know, mm-hmm. if Hyundai, if Hyundai, as you say. We, we don't think they've made a fundamental mistake in the design of the car and i just wouldn't, think we hope wouldn't so. have thought so um and it, it's
2: unlikely it's highly unlikely there'll be great engineers there exactly. absolutely stunning it's just a question of mm. getting that car settled and, and and sorted i mean on the face of it they've got the strongest driver line up you know historically absolutely by 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 far, Absolutely. by far and away. So they should be in the strongest place, and and they will come back strongly with those guys. Thierry Neuville is a fighter and a digger, and he comes back and and you know pulls results out of fresh air after a terrible start of a rally. He does it time and time again, which is another debate. You know why why does he have to do that? Why does he start off so badly and then finish so strongly? Why not just start I... off properly? You know, f- go figure that one out. And Ott Tänak, well, I mean Ott Tänak is just quite simply. You know, he's he's everything that, that Seb Auger and Seb Lobar to speak. I think he's in a dangerous place, George. I think Tanak's in a dangerous place. Well, you, you feel like he's maybe lost his way a little bit. I'm sure he'll come good. No, I'm sure he will too. Could yeah. I just jump go in? On,
0: David. i just got to jump in and and take some small exception with George's uh, oh. thinking that they are far and away the, the the best driver. Let's look to Toyota going into go, go, into yeah. Sweden. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Kalle Romper, Elvin Emerson, Esa yeah, uh, I they're, they're very, very yeah. yeah, I know they're they're very very strong. Yeah, yeah. But then that...
1: David, but then David. But actually, George Colmo, right. stop! You look, you look no, like look, stop! Stop! You...
0: Stop! 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 I'm channeling my inner Lisa now. Go back and tell us why Oytanak's in a dangerous place. Did you say dangerous think, place? I did I know, say I... dangerous place. Colin no, did. I said it. I, I said I it. I, I I think I've got, these got in a dangerous I've got,
2: place. I've got faith with uh, with with <laughs> No, on, no, I
1: have complete faith with Ott. But what? But the the problem I see is that, you know, this will mess with his head. You know, I don't think he is. Are you serious?
0: I, yeah, I am utterly Nothing serious. messes
1: with Oik Tanak's head. Well then, well then, he's got a problem. <laughs> he's got a problem, David, because you know he's had two tortuous years with Hyundai. They've been awful. You know, he came hmm. in with this, this veil of invincibility that surrounded him. Tanak, there wasn't an arrogance about Tanak. There was just a sublime self belief. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, he looked at drivers on the start line, and he was already half a second up the road. Yeah. Well, he had that air about him. He was intimidating to other drivers. Mm. That has all gone. Not his belief, potentially. Not his ability. That is not gone. But that air of invincibility has completely gone from Oik He is beatable. He doesn't win every rally. He doesn't win every stage. He isn't likely to win every rally and every stage, which he was this in time tour, a bit that, years ago. Yeah. Now, you know, we saw it towards the last six months of last year. He gave up on the 2021 season, about halfway through, about halfway through, and, and he was more or less publicly saying, you know, forget that, I'm looking forward to next year. It's been a disastrous start for him. The reason I say he's in a dangerous place is that if this continues for Sweden, which he won last time, the, you know, the equivalent mm. rally last time, if it continues in Sweden and we don't get a performance and a reliability, um, massive step forward from Hyundai, that's where I fear for Tanner. That's where I feel, where he sees yet another year slipping by. Mm. He's, he's a multiple world rally champion on ability. No question about that. But he's in danger of being a one-times world rally champion because Hyundai aren't delivering. And that is what I mean, David, by he's in a dangerous place. And you argue against that and, and I'm going to give you a very big gold
0: star. <laughs> I think I agree, Col. that, you know, on... On the face of it, everything that you've said is exactly right there. He's a 34-year-old guy. So he, I think we need to accept that he's still got oh. five or six years. Uh, How long's his contract? Thir-
2: 13 years, according to <laughs> Sebastian Loeb. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good point,
0: George. Uh, his contract ends at uh, the end of next year. Um, you, you're right. He He is, every year, you know, after he won the championship in 19 he saw every year as another one to win the championship. And these years are slipping away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last two have been incredibly difficult for him, no doubt. But the one area that I would question is you see that that he feels, that, or you see that he's lost that that half a second that he had on the start line. He doesn't see yeah. that. He still looks at every driver uh, in the service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't I matter be, what he sees, David. It, it doesn't but, matter. It's how the other drivers <laughs> see him. He could intimidate the other drivers. That is no longer. But but look at when he came out of Finland last year in February, when we came out of the Arctic. He was back, you know, because he dominated that event, didn't he? He did. And he rose again, and he was super confident. And I would say it wouldn't take many strong performances to do that. But is he going to get the opportunity to deliver those performances? I agree. I can't see it right now because you can't. The one thing that is definitely running in the favour of the Hyundai team is the fact that they've done more uh, testing on a loose surface. You know, they knew coming into Monte mm-hmm. Carlo, uh, it was going to be incredibly difficult. Uh And it was. And generally, George, as you know, when you develop a new car, you always put more foundations in mm-hmm. uh, on, on on gravel because the championships yeah. weighted so much more in, in the favour of loose surfaces. So, the,
2: the, the, yeah. The... It, it was interesting. Gerard, sorry, I, 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 sorry, I'll, I'll interrupt just 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 to, just to put weight behind what you're saying. Uh, Thierry Neuville at the end of the last stage, when he you know he comes to the end of the stage, quite clearly you know looked physically drained, emotionally mm. drained. He'd given his all on that stage. I watched that stage live, and I watched him coming through, the, well the whole stage that, that they showed live. I didn't I didn't bother following him through on his in car because you don't see so much from the in car about how the driver's driving, but. The external view, uh, view, coming through a series of corners where I could directly co- compare him with other drivers, he was off the throttle. He was he was not committed in the same way that uh, uh, Rovenpera or Evans were at all. He, so he said, he said he'd said he driven it to the absolute limit. You could get, couldn't get any more out of that car. That car was nowhere near its limit. He couldn't take that car to his limit because he didn't have the confidence right. in it. I think it's just a set-up adaption. Issue. i I think that car will be on the pace. I genuinely believe it i'd be very very surprised if it wasn't it 's just just a thought George, quite clearly we'll the short. car's not giving, not giving the drivers the confidence they need when they get there yeah and, and neither of those two drivers are in any way flighty guys they take they 'll yeah. take a they 'll take a mule and they 'll wring its neck and turn it into a race co- a racehorse and i don 't think that car's yeah. a mule at all but um uh, I'm sure
1: they're going to get it fixed. They'll probably go to Sweden and blitz everyone, you know. Well, let's hope so, George. But listen, it's a little unfair to make the comparison. But, you know, when we talk about the cars being perfectly set up, and, and, you know, he won a stage. Don't forget that he did win a stage there in Neuville. But it did seem that stage suited the setup of the car and it suited Neuville's confidence in that Mm -hmm. car. Now, you know, we think back, and we don't have to go back too, too far to see a similar car. You know, a car that was capable of winning stages. Uh, you are know, in a loop of stages, it could win one stage and the next stage be nowhere. It could win one rally and then for two or three rallies be nowhere. You know, the 2017 Citroen was like that. Um, you know, it, it, it was blindingly fast and competitive in a very narrow window, in a very, very narrow window. And, and what we know is that, you know, to, to, to make world champions and to be a manufacturer world champion, you can't afford that. You can't afford... That you, your window's got to be broad. Now, is there a concern that maybe, maybe that's the way Hyundai could be heading? That yeah, the car no. is is
0: no okay, uh, okay. no okay. no concern I'd, whatsoever. I'd, no, I don't think so, Cole. Because I think from what we've we've just said, you know, the car they've put more development time in on the loose. We will see that in Sweden. I'm sure we will. And they've now oh, got God. time that they can reassess and get the car ready. We've got. I mean, was it? Two months or something before uh croatia before we're back on tarmac so i think they've got time i think they've got the resource and i think they've got in christian lorio somebody who has been in all of these difficult situations he's seen it he knows how to fundamentally you know whereas lorio's spent the last what five or ten years of his life working on circuits with with the bentley mm. team at M-Sport. so he knows the dynamics of what's needed to make a car work on on asphalt uh and well, here's the other big question boys here's the other big question
1: you know, there were a few big decisions to be made at a high at the weekend. Few big decisions to be made. Were they made? And perhaps if they weren't made, was that down to the fact that they don't have a full time boss? Do they need to appoint someone before Sweden, or do they still? They have needed a bit to of time appoint to somebody before Monty. I agree. So, so we have to see. Are we saying we have to see someone in charge there before Sweden?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because. You could. There was just an aura, you know. We weren't around high and um much of the time, Cole. Uh, no, we in, weren't in, in Monty. But just from talking to the drivers, talking to the crews, uh, uh, on the, from the recce forward, you just got that feeling. And this is absolutely no slight on Julian Monse, who who did a great job as as a stand-in as a deputy. But they need somebody. You can't go from having this this illustrious leader um andrea Rodama, illustrious in some people's eyes but certainly a very very strong leader to to not having really almost anybody to turn to it's it's difficult it's very very difficult and they need somebody that the drivers that the team that everybody can buy into um to pick them up from what was a, a pretty shoddy opening round and yeah. you're dead right you I know, know. The, the the whole oliver solberg um, issue was was wrong in my eyes. He, as soon as that lad started talking about the fact that he was really struggling with the fumes, uh, light headedness, dizziness, got you've got to stop. You got to pull. Him. George, yeah. what would you have done? You, you're in charge, George. It's one of your
1: drivers. You know, and he's, it's very very hard can't I mean, find
2: within, within a within a team. It's very very hard to uh, for for any of any any employee to then go to your boss. You know, the the directors of uh, Hyundai Motorsport and say. I had to pull that guy because uh, you know he would have scored us points if I hadn't pulled him. But but you know it, it was it was dangerous. It was you know perceptibly dangerous. I can't yeah. imagine any any environment at all um, where where allowing that to continue uh, would would be subject. to... Uh, sorry, stop stopping a driver in that circumstance would be seen as as um, as. as uh, a, unacceptable i mean it it was on safety grounds you had to pull the guy i mean i mean goodness gracious you know for for all we know we're sitting here talking about i i I genuinely hope and i i I expect i'm not wanting to be alarmist here but i genuinely hope that 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 both crew are are okay that oliver and so um what's his co-driver's name elliot 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 Um, sorry apologies elliot i'm sure he doesn't listen to us um but he um It does? Oh, okay, Elliot. Apologies for well.
1: that. <laughs> got your number. Calling you. Calling you so, out. Anyway,
2: I sincerely hope they're both okay. You know, th- we're running new fuels. I mean, this is, this is something that WRC has done for years. Go back 20 years. Uh, the WRC fuel that we were using was the fuel that you'd be using in 2015. So WRC has championed new fuels. But at the same mm-hmm. time, what, what's in these fuels? You know, the, yeah. the, there's still a hydrocarbon element in them. Um yeah. You know, you burn any you burn any fuel, you're going to get uh, you're going to get sulfur dioxide off it. Um, if, if that's entering the car, I mean, that's very very poisonous. And and as we know, if it's yeah. carbon monoxide that has a cumulative effect. It can take weeks for that to to get out of your system. Well, yeah, here's the news. The good, the good, good news is,
1: George. The good news is that that young Oliver's had a week of of recuperating in the south of France with his family, and uh, what he's telling us is that he's feeling okay. He's been checked over. They both went to hospital, they both had tests done. They're, they're both, uh, from what Good. we're being told, yeah. they're, bo- yeah. they're both well and they're recuperating. But yeah. I, I get exactly what you're saying. I, I, uh-huh. I think it was, uh, it was perplexing. It was absolutely uh-huh. perplexing that, A, they couldn't find the source of that noxious substance leak, substance leak into the cockpit, and then, B, that they took so long, so, so long, after an off, an off where he quite clearly had said I was confused, my concentration was affected. Yeah, I mean, just was... absolutely bonkers. Uh, and and that that to me, that to me was a lack of leadership. Yeah. And and, and you're yep. right, David, you Julian Monse, fantastic job. And I did raise this point with him at the end of the rally. And I said, Look, you know, um, you know, did you struggle a little bit because ultimately no one was in charge? And he looked at me and he went, very and I like this kid. He looked at me and went, I was in charge. You know, fair play to him, you
2: know.
1: Uh, you know, fair play but,
2: but like anyone, he might have been in charge, but he's got a boss. You know how how Aye. how yeah. does he answer to someone? Say, I pulled that car on on you know Friday afternoon when when he was complaining about it, I pulled it because it was quite clear yeah, he, was, yeah, he yeah. was saying to the media at the end of the events, it's unsafe. But he's only one driver of many. I mean, how often do we hear Thierry Noivell say this, this? This is really ut- utterly dangerous. It was on the limit. I don't and think Terry right. quite means to sense. say what yeah. he says, but. The amount but of times they, I've, heard, we, I've heard him saying, oh, this is really dangerous. Right, okay, pull over then, you know, that's it. Yeah. Drivers should never we, be saying we, that publicly. You know, if they're, if they're saying it we, privately, then the teams have to very privately sort it out. But when you're saying that publicly... We do need to put you know, that into
0: the context of, of the fact that actually that was Oliver Solberg's first drive in a factory yeah. car. You know, he would yeah. have walked over hot coals. Uh, so that's, that's the point. I think it that's genuinely was video. dangerous. He didn't want um, to be seen to be complaining no, at all. There's no. no way
1: in the world he
0: would have wanted to be seen no. to be complaining. And as much as, as, as you have that issue to go to your boss and explain why you've had to pull a driver who could have scored you points um, on Sunday, imagine going to your boss and saying, so, yeah, we kind of knew about that. And then that accident happened and we killed 10 people. So I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, yeah with, that's with, where with hindsight we could. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting with you, a,
2: David, on that. I'm sitting uh, with totally, you. Totally as well. But yeah. listen, he,
1: here's the, you know, the, the, there's a fair amount of debate as to Neuville's. I love the fact, George, you continue to call him Neuville. And I think Neuville's fine, by the way, in certain parts of Belgium. Um, but you know, Neuville's comments to me at the end of the rally, where he openly criticised Solberg, and there's been a lot of debate around that. Now, my take on that is, and I understand Neuville's situation. Neuville you know, has fought tooth and nail over the years for the team... You know, a team that's underperformed, certainly in the last year, you might argue year and a half. And, and, you know, again, Adamo was very, very clear that at times that car didn't deserve the results that Nouvelle was managing to achieve with it. It was Neuville's brilliance and tenaciousness mm. that delivered the results. I think Neuville's frustration was not necessarily with Solberg. Solberg I was the, the easiest team. target. Yeah. Not just the team, not just the team, David. Now, you know, I know you don't like it when I, when I raise points about Oytanek, I think his frustration was with Tanak, genuinely. Yeah. You know, he was let he was let down by Tanak. Tanak made a mistake, you know, where where he really shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been pushing there. He should have been yeah. ten Agreed. or fifteen kilometers an hour slower. He, you know, his frustration was not necessarily with Young Solberg. Solberg was just the easiest target, you know. Mm. He really was, and I feel sorry for Neuville. I really do, because he said some things that were harsh. But, but I've got to but, say, Colin,
0: I I I do as well, because I think. Uh, you know, it was, he had absolutely, in his own words, he'd driven for his life. Um, and we saw him, and, David, and he fought, he fought, you know, no service on the Saturday definitely, lunchtime. Definitely and we, yeah. we, we saw him at the side of
1: the road. We saw him at the side of the road. He never gave up, you know, he didn't. No. He fought tooth and nail and repairing that car and you know, C- cable can, ties and all sorts to get that I, suspension back Can I ask a
2: pertinent question? What failed on that car? Did he hit something or did it, was it something that just failed? That, that's, that's something I'm, I've been very interested to know that. Was it, was,
0: nothing... it, it, it was around the top mount, wasn't it, that, that the, the failure was? that It wasn't actually a, a damper failure. Um, it was where the part was bolted to the car, was my understanding.
2: Had something, had something broken, or did something come loose? Or was it yeah. something Thierry adjusted yep. and didn't re-tighten? Or, I mean, I have no idea. He wouldn't have been undoing it. Absolutely. D- was... I mean,
0: dr- drivers never hit anything, do they, George? But talking to no. Thierry, he, he said... He hadn't there hadn't been any in all in all honesty there hadn't been a curb or anything like that that he mm-hmm. that he hit or a rock or so yeah but I think that damper is the least of their worries right now
1: they uh, I think mm-hmm. it is they, but but reliability David is is, is a worry reliability if, if you know and the damper falls into all that really really interesting to see how things develop at high and Diane and fingers crossed that Sweden is a much better event uh, it's been an early start boys but it's been an enjoyable start to the morning George.
2: I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I thoroughly enjoy it when I I can almost feel I've got David annoyed because he's he's such he, he loves being the catalyst. He loves being the catalyst for throwing something in, and I've definitely done that this morning. I could hear his annoyance in his voice, call and It was great. I'm was sorry, fabulous. I've i
0: I've, I've got to go because I've got to go and I've got to go and change the tires on the Volvo for the school run because it's it's yeah, a little indeed. bit damper than I thought it was. <laughs> Before you go, David. Brilliant.
1: Uh, marks marks out of ten for my efforts as a stand-in, Lisa.
0: I, I think you're absolutely
2: worthy of a good one and a half, Colin. <laughs> oh, Colin, what, what can I say? I might as well sink myself this morning. I'd say 11 out of 10, you're so much better than Lisa, Colin.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. Lisa, Lisa yeah. is the queen. She really is the queen of broadcasting. I know she is. We, absolutely. Have, we have missed you today. We really have missed you. Folks, thank you very much for joining us once again for Spin the Rally. Bowl. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. It's at Dirtfish Rally and we love to hear your comments. So, uh, once again from myself, Colin Clark, we'll speak to you later on. From David Evans, bye-bye, David.
0: Bye-bye. Thank
1: you very much. Bye, George. Bye, guys. Thank you. We'll speak to you all again this time next week. Here's folk.